everyone, it's our favorite time of the weekend again and I hope you're ready to be encouraged and inspired. We are so excited to announce that Bible College is now going live. So from this coming week, you'll be able to log on for all Bible College courses. You can look forward to more information on that during the course of this week. Now we're just about to get started with worship and I encourage you, whether you're sitting at home or you're standing, to join us in worship as we praise God before the message. anything 
whether it's provision, whether it's peace, whether it's restoration, whether it's to heal gaps or bridge in between families, are you trusting God for anything? I mentioned Ephesians 20 as our first anchor scripture. Let's go to Ephesians. We'll read from the New King James Version. It says, Now to him who is able to exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Today we're going to be looking at that scripture in depth, bit by bit, to say when God says he can do exceedingly, abundantly above, and then he says two important things. Whatever we ask or think, have you started asking for him to do exceedingly abundantly what you've asked? Have you started thinking for him to do exceedingly abundantly above what you think? Because God is looking and he is expecting us to show that we are expecting from him. You know, because if one knows God, God loves us. God expects that we understand that he loves us. And so he knows that we are expecting him to do great things for us. Another scripture, anchor scripture that we're going to look at is taken from the story of the Israelites. The story of the Israelites is when the Israelites were, in, were being enslaved by the Egyptians. They were in a position where they found themselves being held by the Egyptians and being ill-treated, being made to work under conditions that were so unfavorable that they were crying out to God to come and help them. You know, in, even in life, there are situations like that where people, where you, where you find yourself in unfavorable conditions, where you find yourself crying out to God and saying, God, I am in this position, I need your assistance. So our scripture is taken from that. We are first going to read um, Exodus 3, verse 8, which reads as follows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians, says God, and to bring them up to the land to that land, to a, a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. I will end them. God has now had them, and he's saying that he's come to take them up. Let, let, let's continue reading our anchor scripture to 16 and 17, further down, which says, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, we're just going to start on, on, on 16 as that we read the important one is 17, the fathers. The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared to me, God is telling Moses, saying, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up and out of affliction of Egypt. And further down, it says, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, God here is talking about a promise that he made to his forefathers. He made this promise to Abraham long before, and now he is coming to, to make sure that the children of Israel receive what is truly theirs. They are freed, they are taken out to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. You know, today I want God to take us through, or God wants to take us through, a process whereby we are going to be able to follow what is it that the children of Israelites did right, if any, or what is it that they did wrong when God freed them. Because God is a faithful God. God frees his children. God takes his children out. But what is it then that you do? Because right now we are encouraged to have great expectations. Have you started to have great expectations or you are just waiting in limbo? 
Because when you have great expectations, God has just promised us that whatever your great expectations are, he will then do what he says. He will work exceedingly, abundantly, above, I call it an E-triple-A, because he says he will work exceedingly, above, abundantly, sorry, above all that you think or you ask. So God is waiting. God is waiting to, to see what are our, our expectations from him. And he is good at making sure that whatever you are expecting, he will do even much better. Now the children of Israelites have been taken from Israel. It's reminding me of how when he's done so much for them, they are in a position where he has... He has moved them out of the Israel, out of Israel, out of Egypt, and he has given them the, the he has given he has allowed them to go through the sea. He has parted the sea. He has allowed them to go into a, into into a place where he is keeping them in a desert, where he is keeping them, getting them ready to go into the land that he has promised them. But listen, this is where now the story comes, where we are going to learn. How do you move from the land where you've been stationed, from the land where you are waiting for God's miracle to happen, where you are waiting? How do you treat that? Because if it is how you do it, how you treat that, how you move on, how you continue to conquer, that differentiates you from the rest. God comes to Moses during that time. He says to Moses, Moses, you can now take the people into the land that I have given to them. You know, God has given us so much. God gives us so much. Even today, he has so many things that he, he has ready for you, your land of milk and honey. But the thing is, are you going to be like Caleb and Joshua who said they were ready to take the land because they believed in a God who is capable of doing exceedingly, abundantly, above all that they asked or think? Or are you going to be like the rest of the three million and the ten who were sent through, who said we are not going to go through until because we've seen giants? We cannot, we cannot take this land, which means they were, not, they were now taking the trust from God. They were, take, they were doubting God's capabilities. Are you sitting there and saying, I am not doubting God's capabilities? Are you sitting there saying, I'm like Caleb and Joshua. I'm not doubting what God can do for me. Even now, he can, he can take the world for me. Even now, he's ready to give me the land of milk and honey. Because if you are that person that is ready to take control or to take over, you are ready for God to do exceedingly abundantly above all. You know, there were, as I was reading, I, I love psychology because it was one of the studies, it was one of the courses that I got to do when I was studying. But I was, I'm always intrigued about how the mind works. You know, in, in, in the things of God, I'm also aware that whatever... We have the Holy Spirit in us. So it's the Holy Spirit that guides us. It's the Holy Spirit that takes us through. So I'm saying, this study intrigues me in one thing. Because it, 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 it's written, it's read, you find it almost everywhere. It's a study that shows that when you divide children in a class, they behave differently according to whatever the teacher expects of them. If there is great expectation from them that the teacher will, will do positive things, they then work hard and perform better because they know that the teacher is going to be favorable in their advantage. But if they know that the teacher will, will not will be favorable to them, will be, will be harsh to them, they, it drops their performance. 
I'm just, just saying to you, as children of God, we find ourselves with a powerful God, a God that we know for sure is going to do great things for us, a God that we know for sure is ready to do great things for us. He is expecting us to have great expectations. How much more can we trust him and know that he is ready? So I'm saying if you are like that child who is ready, you are going to sit and think, what are my great expectations? Because the children of Israelites at this point in time should have been starting to think, what are they going to do when they get to the land of milk and honey? They should have been starting to think as they were sitting in the desert. So I'm saying, let us then look at what is it that we can learn from the story of the children of Israel. So that when you are still waiting, it doesn't matter when, when you are waiting, when you are waiting to break into your land of milk and honey, there are steps that you're going to follow. The first one that I don't think that we're going to be discussing is whilst you are waiting and waiting and having a great expectation, you must find time to look back. Because when you look back, you are able to realize that God has done so much. If he can do this for me, if he can do this for me, if he can do this, he is capable of doing much, much more. You know, I like what... Um, Caleb and uh, Joshua did because they did not look at their capabilities. They looked at what the God did. I, I'm sure out of all of them, they are the only ones that remembered that God had taken them through a ten plagues, that God had parted the sea, that God had even hit the rock for water to come out, that God had even used Moses to show miraculous things. You know, in, in the in, with, with children of God, we find ourselves we look at the world in a different way. We say, you know, the world has, is also capable of these things. And that is a mistake that we make because Pharaoh, when he was sitting in the palace, Pharaoh looked at the fact that his magicians could perform three out of the ten miracles. And then he said, it, he, the first one, he, as they were performing it, he said, after all, my, my, my people can do it too. The second miracle, he said, after all, the, the first one being the one where he threw the stick up and he turned into a snake, after all, my magicians can do that too. Up until the third plague, where he then couldn't do further. He couldn't send the frogs to jump uh, about like God did. He couldn't turn the, 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 the river. So I'm saying to you, the world will look at things and say, if we can do this too, why should we rely on God? Always remember, even Pharaoh thought that, but he could only do three out of the ten miracles. So you need God to do the rest. So as, they were, as I'm saying, I'm saying, look back and count all the, the things that God has done. Look back and say, God gave me a job when I didn't have a job. Look back and say, God provided for me even when I couldn't provide. Look back and say, God was the one who healed me, who healed me, who healed me completely when the doctors couldn't heal me. Look back and say, God was the one who made sure that my children were not found in the streets doing things that people do in the street. Remember the God that you serve. And when you look back, it helps you to, to know that the things that you're expecting of God, the great expectation that you have of God is going to come through. The, he is going to be able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you are expecting him to do. You know, point number two, remember 
He is a God who fulfills his promises. God had promised this land long before to him, to Abraham, to Abraham, before he even changed his name to Abraham. We see this in Genesis 12, verse 7, where he says, Abraham, then the Lord appeared to Abraham. This is way early in Genesis, before Exodus, where we are, we are now. He says, then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. This, this is what God had done. God had already given the land to the descendants. And now all he was just doing, God is a powerful God. All he was now doing just now was to make sure that the children of Israel were fulfilling what he had done. God will come through for you and make sure that he follows through. He comes through. He follows through and take you from where he, you are to where he has promised you. Now I'm saying, remember that he's a God who fulfills promises. The children of Israelites forgot one thing that he has already promised this land. He is going to give it to them. I'm saying as, uh, as children of God, remember that God has promised us abundant life. And anytime it doesn't look like abundant life, know that he's about to turn it into abundant life because it is his promise. I will repeat, anytime the life that you're in doesn't look like the abundance life that God promised, it means he's about to turn it around to abundant life because that's what he promised. He is the God of promise who fulfills his promises. I'm just saying right now, as part of what you are going to be doing, sitting and doing your, 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 your great expectations, know that he's the God who fulfills his promises. Point number three, I'm just saying the children of God should have been thinking. So I'm saying point number three, think of the great expectations. You know, it is... It is one thing to expect great expectation, but it is another to think. Because he said in that verse, in Ephesians 3, verse 20, he said, I will do exceedingly abundantly above all. But he says something that is very crucial at the bottom. He says that we ask or think. Now I'm saying think. Thinking means you must find a quiet time, a quiet corner, and see what is it that you're expecting of God. And even if you can be able to write it down, this is the moment where you take a piece of paper and you write down all the things that you're expecting of God. Whether it is your, from your family, what is it that you're expecting from your family? It says in Habakkuk 2.2, it says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on the tablet, that he may run. Other version said, so that he may run with it, meaning the, the angels will read what you've written and they will make sure they fulfill what has been written. I'm just saying, as you are sitting and thinking of whatever great expectations you have, whether it is for your family, whether it is for your children, whether it is for your a marriage, write it down. Whether you write that or now from great expectations, you are saying, God, you are going to heal my marriage. Write it down because he says in his word, write it down and the angels will run, will run with it. Whether your expectations right now are that when you when, when you come out of lockdown, of, of lockdown, you will have a job, a better job. Whether, because some people will find this opportunity so daunting that they will start to downgrade whatever they're thinking. I'm just saying, children of God, this is not the time to downgrade. This is the time to upgrade. This is the time you say, it doesn't matter 
what the condition is out there. It doesn't matter what people say out there, but the God that I serve, the God that I love, is ready to give me a job that is even better than what I have. He's ready to give me a, 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 a business even during this time. He's going to open for me because even right now, there are newer businesses that are coming out. Businesses where people are thinking, how are we going to protect each other? People are, are thinking of putting, of, of making glasses in between so that when we are in, in, even in open plan offices, there is protection. I'm saying God is going to make you see what is it that he, he has for you because he is a God that has, that, that promotes even great expectations. Understand the infused power in us. You know, I like the word of God. You know, the scripture that we're talking about, the anchor scripture for today, that is Ephesians 3 verse 20. It says at the end there, it says, according to the power that works in us. I'm just saying God has already infused or put in a power that makes sure that we, we do not struggle. A power that makes sure that we are guided. Point number four, understand the infused power in you. That is the Holy Spirit. When Jesus left and when Jesus rose, last week we were celebrating resurrection of Christ. When Jesus rose, he promised us one thing. He said, I will not leave you alone. I will not leave you as orphans. I will send the Holy Spirit. I will send a comforter. If we read in John 14 verse 16, it says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. You know, when God talks about this, he further goes on to say, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. When God, God made this provision, he knew we will need a guider, because the Holy Spirit will guide you. You know, when you've got your plans, when you've got your great expectations and you are walking out there, you do need someone that will tell you that turn left, turn right, because he, he knows the things that are to come. You know, none of us have been even to, to tomorrow, but I can assure you, God and the Holy Spirit know tomorrow. They know next year. They, they have been there. So when they come back and they tell us, they tell us of things that are there. So the Holy Spirit in us, the power that is in us, is the one that reassures God that we will be directed, that reassures God that we will be able to get to our things. So he says, the first thing that I want you to, note about, to know about the Holy Spirit that is in us is that he is our guider. Then the second thing that I want you to know is that he is our intercessor. Right now, you, 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 you need someone that will pray for you, knowing what to pray for. So the intercessor... the Praise knowing the tomorrow. Some of the things that you, we, we pray for, we pray because we, are, we understand situations. But right now, I can assure you, even the smartest of people cannot tell you for sure what will be happening in the, in the world next month. They can only extrapolate based on statistics and figures, but they don't know. But the Holy Spirit knows. So if the Holy Spirit knows and he promises that he will pray for you and he promises and God says he is the one who intercedes for us, aren't we great? Aren't we blessed? That's the word. We are so blessed that he prays through and prays directed prayers. 
the Holy Spirit, your power, it says there in Luke 24, verse 49, He is our power. I'd, I'd like to, to, to look at the Holy Spirit as making us such a powerhouse. You may look at me and just see a woman who, who, go, who goes through day in and day out. They may look at you and, and just see you as a person who goes through a day, day in and day out. But because of the powerhouse that God has put in you, because God wanted to make sure that when he won you back, you were not going to struggle like the children of the Israelites. You were going to be directed like, like never before. So the, the powerhouse that is in you ensures that whatever you touch is successful. The powerhouse that is in you ensures that you are guided. The powerhouse that is in you makes sure that there is no fear. It says in Luke 24 verse 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from most high, from on high. This Holy Spirit that I'm talking about is our comforter. Don't we all want peace and joy? Especially in times of uncertainties. We need peace and joy. We need to be assured that it is okay. And God cannot do it any better than to give us the spirit that will assure us that. He says in Titus 3 verse 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regenerating and renewing of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit renews us. The Holy Spirit changes us. The Holy Spirit makes us know that he is a God. He's a powerful God. I like the fact that we are comforted by God. We are comforted by God. We are continually comforted by God. Point number five, don't see yourself as a nonentity. See yourself as a giant amongst millions of people. Right now, it is easy when you see statistics because statistics are such that they are saying so many people in this country, so many people there, so that we start feeling like we're numbers. But to God, we are individuals. If God could look at Caleb and and Joshua and say these two out of the three million knew that I was their God and believed that I could win this land for them and he took those two through into the land of milk and honey how much more now when he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above because he has put in the power in you so he sees you he sees the power that is in you and he's going to take you through to a, an even better place that is why I'm saying see yourself as God sees you See yourself as the one that is able to achieve all these great expectations that you have put down for God to, to, to give you. It says in Numbers 1330, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once to take possession for we are well able to overcome it. That is what he did. He believed in the God. He believed in a powerful God. And God did what? He made sure that he was counted as the one that 40 years later were able to get to the land of milk and honey. I'm just saying, knowing the God that I know, I'm just saying, knowing the love of God that we happen to be privileged to have, he is going to make sure that you are not statistics. You are above statistics. You are one of those that he will take care, good care of even during this time. Point number seven. Point number six, sorry. Trust in a sovereign God. Trust in a sovereign God. 
You know, God's ways are bigger than us. If you trust in a sovereign God, you trust in unimaginable ways of, of doing things. If you trust in a sovereign God, you trust in that God will not just do things the way that men believe. You know, when that woman who had an issue of blood saw Jesus passing by in the streets, she didn't think that there are other ways. She just thought, God is a sovereign God. If I can just touch the hem of the garments of Jesus, I'll be healed. Because he's a sovereign God. He doesn't have a method of doing things. He does things his way. Because he's a powerful God. I'm just saying, point number seven, expect unconventional ways. The woman did not say, because people are waiting for God, for Jesus to turn around and touch them. She said, the God that I know is a God who can perform miracles in an unconventional way. Therefore, I'm just going to touch the hem of his garments and I'll be healed. Don't be like a, 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 a Naman, Naman who waited and said, I don't want to, to go and jump into the, to dive into the pool six times because the prophet said, dive into the pool six times because he was expecting a God of conventional ways. Right now, there is no time for conventional ways. When God is getting ready to do things in your life, he can even use unconventional ways of doing it. Just be ready to receive. By so doing, understand when God says, here is an opportunity, take it, run with it. It may not be what is, what is used to. It may not be a conventional way because the world is changing. Take it and run with it. Believe in an unconventional God because the children of Israel needed to believe in an unconventional God, in a God that will take them through despite giants, in a God that will take them through despite all difficulties in the name of Jesus. As I'm drawing to a close, I just want to talk to you about the Lord Jesus that, that I found. I had the privilege of being able to accept him as my Lord and Savior. And hence, I can talk about the Jesus that saves, the Jesus that gives us the power, the Jesus that's able to give us even great expectations and be able to turn them around into even greater achievements. I'm just saying, if there's someone out there who has not had the privilege, because if I hadn't gotten the privilege myself of someone sharing that he's a forgiving God, he's a God who can forgive sins just by you saying, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I want to be one of those that are counted. I want to be one of those that can boldly expect much from you. Come into my life, be my Lord and Savior, and you are saved. And from now on, know that you are a child of God. And for all of you who are expecting great expectations, Let's pray. I'm praying, God. God, hear your children. See your children. Know your children. Expect great things because they know you're a powerful God. And Father, all the glory will belong to you. Because, my God, we know you are the one that does great things for us. We have testimonies of note. Bless your children. Make your children successful. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We hope that you were inspired by that message. Join us again same time next week, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for another powerful message. See you next week.